Midterm Mayhem. Midterm Mayhem. All right, 406, every day at this time, we bring you Midterm Mayhem. 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 That's how Chad says it. Mayhem. It's the madness, the mayhem that is the 2022 midterm election. Uh, Barry Markson is in for Chad, so let's get to it. We got mayhem all over the place today. Mayhem. So here's the deal. We left you on Friday, and we got word from AZ Family that they did an interview with Tom Horn. Okay? Yes. Tom Horn wants to become the superintendent of public instruction, and he is taking on Kathy Hoffman. And so here's here's what we need to figure out. Is it how old Tom Horn is? How old is that guy? I I don't know. I he's got to be in his seventies. He looks. I mean, it's okay to be old, but man, he looks old. Well, it's who, uh, <laughs> who's on his staff is what we're we're discussing. David Stringer, you oh, remember that guy? Yes, David Stringer, the guy who was an Arizona legislature had the racist remarks. He basically left in disgrace. He said, we're, "You know, there are not enough white kids in Arizona schools." This is a guy who said, uh, that, said that black students can't blend in enough. Right, Ugh. molestation reports of oh. children. In 1983, and so we hear that Tom Horn has this guy on on associated on associated yeah. with the campaign. He's here's, a, he's helping the campaign. Here's three uh, TV. Here's AZ Family. Is David Stringer associated with your campaign? Absolutely. Okay, so absolutely <laughs> seems pretty clear. So we asked him. By the way, I want to be. I want to make sure you're you're stopping it there because Tom Horn goes on and on. He doesn't say absolutely, but he no, says no. absolutely, and then says, "Yeah, he's he's doing this stuff. He's, so he's in." We had Tom Horn on earlier today. Yeah, asked him that question again. Can you tell me one Arizona school? That is not the clip. Let me <laughs> Man, get that, it for you. That sounded great, though. I'm sorry, that's my bad. <laughs> uh, let's play the interview. How about we do that? So this is the beginning of the interview with Tom Horn. And, yeah, we asked him that question right out of the gate. Take a listen. We've got a little bit of controversy out there. We've got an election that's coming up. Kathy Hoffman, the Democratic candidate, superintendent of public instruction. She's going up against Tom Horn. Uh, Joining us now is Tom Horn, former AG, former superintendent of public instruction. Tom, how are you today? I'm great. How about you guys? Well, not great. I mean, I'm looking at what we're about to talk about. Let's cut right to the chase. And it's part of your campaign. David Stringer. A lot of people know who he is. Reports of molestation of children. Pled guilty in 1983. Resigned in disgrace uh, from the legislature because he made a bunch of racist remarks. And you've hired this guy to work on your campaign. No, I have not hired him at all. um, uh, He's made a couple of contributions and he arranged for some signs to be put up in Prescott and that's it. He plays no other role in the campaign. Is he part of your campaign? No. Uh, So he has nothing to do with your campaign? Other than that he made a couple of contributions and arranged for some signs in Prescott. He has nothing to do with the campaign. But let me say this. If I thought he had, there was even a fraction of 1% chance that he was guilty of that accusation, I would not have accepted a contribution from him. But if he were guilty, he would have been disbarred. And three bar associations did extensive investigations, the Arizona Bar, the Baltimore Bar, and the Washington, D.C. Bar, and they all found there was nothing to it. It's a completely false uh, allegation, and it's typical of Kathy Hoffman. That's what she does. She always makes false allegations. You know, so she, on AZ Family, you did not yeah. say, yes, David Stringer is part of my campaign, because that's what I heard you I say. Was, yeah, that's all I was referring to was the fact he had contributed, and he 
uh, you're, back, you're, some... you're backtracking. You're backtracking because no, this is that, a bad look for your campaign. I, I wanted to get onto the fact of his of his um, innocence, but if but, it, but the fact is innocence of what. The, Innocence of uh, of child molestation. It was it, it thoroughly investigated by three bar associations, and and everyone found there was nothing to it. Otherwise, he would have been disbarred. He's a practicing lawyer in Prescott right now. You think the, the bar would have let him practice if he had, if there was any chance he was guilty of child molestation? So he didn't plead guilty. Yeah. He didn't plead guilty to anything in 1983. No, he did not plead guilty. The, uh, what happened was yes, was he a, did. He sure did. He pled. He pled guilty to to lesser charges because why? He was guilty of doing something with two kids. Well, the fact he was not guilty. The fact you is don't know that. that you don't. I know do that. know it. No, you don't. Just a second. I I do it because of the three investigations. But let me say this: there was a what they call a prejudgment. Um, what do they call it? Uh, some kind of prejudgment arrangement that was made that did not involve a guilty plea, did not involve a finding of guilt. There was never a finding of guilt, and there was never a guilty plea. There was a, some kind of prejudgment arrangement that was made, and um, and that was it. So when you say he pled guilty, you're, you're saying an incorrect fact. Tom Bourne joins us here on KTR. Tom, let, let me just ask you some direct questions. Stringer, when he yeah. initially said he blamed his arrest back then uh, when we're dealing with the, the child molestation issues on, quote, emotionally disturbed adolescents. There's there's two boys who said they had multiple sexual encounters with him, including oral sex and and other things I won't mention, and, and, that, and that he paid them for it. I, I understand what you're saying about the bars. I, I guess my question for you is, why have this guy even associated with your campaign in any way? D- doesn't that just call into question the, your judgment? If I thought there was any chance that he was guilty of but, this. But, Tom, you, you didn't, you didn't investigate him yourself. You're saying you think these bars investigated him, but, but bars don't do criminal investigations. You know that. Why would you bar have someone, even with the, just the stink of an accusation, why would you have someone like that who's an accused pedophile and, and, and these other allegations against David Stringer, why have him even associated with your campaign? What benefit does he bring to the state of Arizona that is so great that it's worth you dealing with this in your campaign? Well, that's not the proper question. The proper question is, if somebody's accused of something and it turns and this investigator turns out that he's innocent, you still want to put uh, uh, point your finger at him? No, I, I, we're not walking around pointing our finger at David Stringer. You're bringing him yeah. back to our attention because you're running to be the top schools person in the state, and you're bringing yeah. a guy with this background to the campaign. If if he oh, wasn't associated with your campaign, say, we wouldn't even be mentioning. We wouldn't even be mentioning his name. Bringing him back to the campaign, all that I, all that happens is he sent a contract. Contribution, and he arranged for some signs in Prescott, and that's it. Otherwise, he's not a part of the campaign okay. at all. Okay. All right, well, let's play this from 3TV. Take a listen. Yeah. Is David Stringer associated with your campaign? Absolutely. All right. So, now, but now he's not, right, Tom? No, he was associated in the sense that he made a contribution and he uh, arranged for some signs, and that's the fact. Okay, so that was our earlier conversation with Tom Horn. Wants to take over uh, as the top teacher. Um Listen, I go with this first answer on AZ Family. 
He was very adamant. Absolutely, yeah. he's part of the campaign. Two days, it was Friday. Two days later, he's like, oh, crap. I've really stepped in a big piece of manure. i got to start changing my story. And then he told us, no, of course not. He's not part. Listen, I think the guy's part of the campaign. Uh, these two guys are buddies. Uh, I think it's disgusting. I think yeah. that uh, that David Stringer is someone we should never have heard about again. And well, Tom Horn shows lack of judgment by bringing yeah. it back into the fold. And it's look, I don't know what the connection is, but in addition to that, uh, Tom Horn's wife, who's an attorney, uh, his new wife, mm-hmm. she's represented Stringer twice. I mean, so there's obviously some sort of a connection between Tom Horn, his family, his wife, and this guy. I don't know what why he would have him involved. Any normal politician at this point says, I'm returning Springer's campaign contribution, and he will no longer be involved in any way of my campaign. That's it. And the fact that he's still defending this guy, Ugh. even if it's even every if everything Tom Horn is saying is true, it's still too much to have him even associate with the campaign. All right, that is midterm poor judgment every day at four oh five. All right, coming up next is five spot. We wanna we wanna talk about what happened in Phoenix. It looked like a war zone, right? But it was uh, it was a crime scene. There was a guy who had all this tactical gear on, right? Kevlar vest, Kevlar helmet. Um, I don't know why we sell this stuff. So we're going to ask five of you. Do you have any tactical gear? Call us if you have tactical gear. The honest question, I just want to know what you use it for. Because all I see people use it for is they go up against the cops. So if you own tactical gear, educate me. 602-277-5827. Do you have Kevlar vests and helmets and, and all that stuff? Why do you need it? Just that's what we're looking at. 602-277-5827. Five spot is next. All right, this is where we put you on the spot about a news story everybody's talking about. And it was the situation that happened in Phoenix. You had a guy show up in all the tactical gear, semi-automatic rifle, and he was spraying bullets all over the place at a motel. He killed two people. He shot up a bunch of cars. I've never seen more holes in a car in my entire life. Uh, And ultimately, he killed himself. Uh, but he shot police officers. Thank God that that they are okay. But he did kill two people. So um, this is this is what Chief Williams said, and this is why we've asked five of you to call someone with a tack vest, a helmet, a rifle, multiple magazines. Is not there to talk to you and have a good conversation with you. He or she is there to commit acts of violence in our community, and we're seeing gun crimes, Mike, not just here in Arizona but across the country. It's just maddening. All right, so we've asked you to call if you have tactical gear, like Kevlar vests, helmets. I just want to know, why do you have it? Why, and I, I don't know why we're selling these, this stuff, because it, everybody who puts this on, they go and they take on the police, and then the police are outgunned. So, you know, maybe you guys could just educate me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know why anyone would have tactical gear. Let's see. Uh, Ernest and Mesa on KTAR. What do you do with the tactical gear? Yeah, I don't know the tactical gear. Uh, it's great for self-defense, but uh, keep me safe. You know? All right, can't understand you. Can't understand you. Let's go to Charles in uh, Phoenix. Sorry, you Ben. You think he had phone. like a Kevlar mask over his so. mouth? What was that? Charles, uh, why do you no, have I tactical got- gear? 
I have the helmet that I wore in Iraq when I got hurt up by an IED. I got that at home. It's fully functional. I got a vest. I carry a 45 on me every day because I was down at, at um, 59th McDowell one night working on my truck at the AutoZone. And the guy got out of his truck and started shooting an eye mill across 59th Avenue. If I didn't have, I, I wouldn't have the tactical gear to help me, but if I didn't have a weapon or something to protect myself and he turned it on me, yeah. I'm... I'm no, no, I get, too, I get the know, weapon. So. I get the weapon all day. But why would you yeah, wear the, the tactical vest, gear? Well, I don't wear it, but I have it. Okay. So, if, if, you know, it still could be used. There's punks of area. I just get tired of everybody, not you guys, but everybody saying, why do you need this? Why do you need this? Why do you need this? But why do you why need don't it? I need it when I'm in trouble? But why you know? do you, why do you I mean, need it? Why do you need it? I have it because it was the last thing I had uh, that... From Iraq. See, I get that all day okay. long. That that's totally understandable. But in outside of a war, why do you need it? Casey and Gilbert on KTAR. Why do you need the tactical gear? Corey, sorry, and Gilbert on KTAR. Why do you need the tactical? Yeah, yeah gear? that's 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 fine. No, I'd rather I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Like I own everything that Chief Williams was just was just speaking about. You know, pack rigs, multiple magazines, rifles, the helmet. I got I have all that stuff and. I don't wear why? it out to the range. I don't, it, honestly, it hangs up. It hangs in my closet. Why, why did you buy it? Why, why did you buy it, Corey? Because I want to be able to, if anything happens, I want to be able to escort myself and my family out of the valley, up to a place, out of out of town, up to our cabin, and be able to safely make it out of in a dangerous situation. Do, do you have the vest and the helmet for your family, too? Do they each have their own stuff? Yes. Okay. All yes. right. All right. Got it. Um, it's inter- This is interesting. This is interesting. Jay in Glendale is next. Why do you have the tactical gear? What do you use it for, Jay? Jay, how you doing? Let me educate you real quick. Thank you. As you, as you request. Yes, sir. Okay. Two, two main reasons. Number one, we, we have it. So many people in this state have it. Yes. We have it because we have it because you can have it. You're allowed to have it in America. Right. Number two, the, the vest you're talking about, the LBV, low-bearing vest, that holds a lot of magazines. And all of us have ARs and assault-style weapons that they classify as, have multiple magazines. And when we go out to the range or varmint hunting in the middle of the desert, we put all of our magazines in that LBB. Two, helmets and LBBs and things of that nature when you're going out into the field. Let's face it, where a lot of us shoot hunt, there's dead bodies that turn up all the time. You can potentially run across some serious threats out there, minding your business, just practicing your own constitutional rights you can run around those across those threats have you ever have, have, have you, you ever have you ever been shot at here in arizona i have by who twice well i, I come from a law enforcement background okay so i've been i've been i've been involved in a shooting twice you know, about in the last 15 years in, 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 um, your, in your capacity as a law enforcement you, you were in law enforcement when that happened Correct. Okay. All right. And then, and I'm sorry. One other time, as a teenager here growing up, I was shot at while working at Memphis. Okay. All, all right. Wow. Hey, Jay. Thank you. All Thanks, right. Jay. So, uh, thank we, you guys. You got it. So we've kind of run out of time. I think we got four or five calls in there. Like it's, it's interesting. It, it is. is interesting. I, listen, yeah. I'm not. I just want to know why you have it. That's why. Because I, I don't. I don't get it. I, think, I don't understand it. And, I, I think the guy who said, and I think this is what everybody was saying, is, is because you can. And I think people go why? in and because I think they go right. in and they have they have the weapons, they have the semi automatic weapon, they have the the ammunition that some of it holds and the, the magazines. Magazine. Right, yeah. right. So I think it just in their mind it kind of all goes together. But one has it because if everything goes bad 
and he's got to get his family out. They all got this gear. You know that. Well, I guess I yeah. just don't think. I don't know. I just. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I. I'm not saying. I'm not saying anybody is bad because they have this stuff. I don't. I just no. wanted to know why. It's just. It just is, that's it's, it. It's curious. Five it's curious. Thanks, everybody. All right. Uh, up next, are you ready to take a driverless Uber? Stick around. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. A mashup of news, information, and entertainment. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. All right, Chad on vacation. We got uh, Barry Markson in. Hello. So interesting. Just about 10 minutes ago, if you just joined us, we did something called Five Spot. We do it every day, 4.15. We put five callers on the spot about something that we're talking about. And today we're talking about um, one of the big stories, what happened in Phoenix. Two shot, uh, excuse me, two dead, five injured. Uh, it was a mass shooting. It was uh, this guy who had uh, all the bullets. He had uh, uh, all the Kevlar, and he had the civilian body armor, and he basically went to war with people for one reason or another at a motel and ended up shooting himself like the coward that he is. But the interesting, crazy thing about this, it was something that uh, Chief Williams said earlier today uh, on the Mike Broomhead show. And it really got me thinking. And it, it's about this guy who wants to go out, shoot a whole bunch of people, but also he's protecting himself with this armor. And I don't know why he's protecting yeah. himself with the armor if he's going to cowardly shoot himself in the head. <laughs> he right? Want him get off enough shots first, I guess. So this is what William said. Someone with a tack vest, a helmet, a rifle, multiple magazines is not there to talk to you and have a good conversation with you. No, not there to have a good conversation with. <laughs> and I just, I asked the question during Five Spot. I said, call us if you have tactical gear, if you bought it. Why? What are you using it for? And so we got it. We got several calls about this. And I just said, listen, just educate me. Maybe I'm maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. Um, here's what uh, one person said. So many people in this state. have it. Yes, we have it because we have it because you can have it. You're allowed to have it in America. Right. Number two, the, the vest you're talking about, the LBV low bearing vest that holds a lot of magazines. OK, so that was one of the calls. So he has it because we're allowed to have it. Yeah. Okay. I just wonder. Well, why is it that you have it? What are you using it for? And I guess he he when he goes out and shoots, he's got the vest and it carries a lot of ammunition. Okay. All right. It's practical. All right. Here's another one. If anything happens, I want to be able to escort myself and my family out of the valley, up to a place out of out of town, up to our cabin, and be able to safely make it out of in a dangerous situation. Do, do you have the vest and the helmet for your family too? Do they each have their own stuff? Yeah. Okay, so that like you know sounds like a zombie apocalypse. Wow. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Listen, if that if he wants that, I uh, that's fine. I just want to know why people buy civilian body armor, because when I see civilian body armor, sometimes it's not even on the law enforcement officer; it's on the shooter. Yeah. It's on it's on the person who shouldn't have the gun. It's right. on the person who's going in and shooting the school. It happened in Buffalo. It happened in Uvalde. Yeah. It, it happened, happened here now in Phoenix. Almost every one of these 18-year-olds who's, who does anything has uh, all that tactical gear on, too. And, and Gatos, I mean, look, I, I said this earlier. The vast, vast majority of people who are buying this tactical gear are, are not folks who are going to go out and start shooting up stores or schools. Everybody or, we had on at 415, we're not worried about our, you. Our listeners are never going to shoot up a store. Uh, but... It, 
you know, for me, I think it just gets to this place where we're just so so many people are just living in fear right now. It's 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 you know, it, and a lot of it's the politicians I think who are creating that because they get money for it. They they it, there's a lot of scamming going on. They're just trying to get your vote, and they're it's just this nonstop fear. It's a fear of an invasion at the border. It's fear of uh, you're, someone's going to come and, and the government's going to come and take away your property, your guns, or whatever it is. It's fear of criminals that are always coming to get you. And I think if you ask. You know, we, I tried to ask that one gentleman if he's ever been shot at, and he said, "What's when he's a teenager?" But really, when he's in law enforcement, the vast majority of people, almost everybody, haven't been shot at, ha- haven't faced the need for this stuff. And I understand they're being safe, but there's just so much fear out there. Mm-hmm. And and where did that come from? We didn't used to have that, you know. So I, I didn't grow up in a place in a, in a time when everybody thought I have to have a gun or I'm going to get shot. I just what, I, what changed? I don't know. I don't know. It's, but that's what it is, and and it's created this entire culture of people who feel that it's necessary for them to have a semi-automatic weapon in Just their in home, case, right? Yeah, and to have tactical gear and to have to basically look like they're ready to go to war mm-hmm. at any given moment. And it, see, like if, I I worry that that selling the civilian body armor out there puts every police officer in danger. It does. That's and, really what it does. Because when the cops go and get the bad guy, and the bad guy's wearing better vests, better armor plates. Better helmets and such equipment, that's bad for our cops. And I don't want to see the cops go up against someone who's got a bigger gun with way more magazines, and then they got all this other tactical gear. Yeah. I don't understand why we sell that we, to, we, to, to the civilians. I don't think we should. We played uh, Phoenix Police Chief Jerry Williams earlier. She was on with Broomhead, but she also did a press conference after the shooting yesterday. And here's her quote. How many more officers have to be shot? How many more community members have to be killed before those in our community take a stand? This is not a Phoenix police issue. This is a community issue. If not now, when? And that's what she's talking about here, Gatos, is having to address this issue where so many people are able to just go out there and buy weapons of war and equipment of war when there's no war. Security guard shot the Buffalo shooter at the supermarket. Yeah. Bullet bounced right off. Yeah. I mean, basically. He was wearing a vest. He was wearing all this Kevlar. Bullet did nothing. Yeah. It's, and then he ended up shooting all the black people. Why, why are those things available to the general public? I don't understand it. I yep. think it puts police officers in real danger. All right. right. Up next, are you ready to take that driverless Uber? They're now available in Phoenix. Oh. Next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. All right, Barry's in for Chad. Hello. So, Phoenix, I guess uh, the mayor there just took a spin in a driverless Waymo car. Uh, Have you seen this yet, Gatos? These Waymo cars are all over downtown Phoenix. All right. See, this is interesting. See, this is technology I can get behind. So th- that light rail crap that we keep putting <laughs> millions of dollars in, you know, it's that well, every, I'm not for. Everybody says that, but I have to tell you something. Again, I'm downtown every day. That's where my office is, so I see it. People are on those trains. There's a lot of folks without cars. They use those trains to get to work and get around. Eh. It's you know whether you, you can argue is it any better than a bus, but it, it's it is get, it does get used. But I got to tell you this Waymo stuff there they've already started this. It's in essence like Uber. It's a, you, you you call and get a car service like a ta- they call it a driverless taxi service. Right, and uh, they've been testing it here for the last several years. Now they're about to do it downtown Phoenix only to trusted testers. So you have to sign up and be accepted. And and, uh, and but they're they've been driving around downtown for a long time. I assume just testing and practicing and doing stuff. So so let me get this straight. Yeah. Like when you order an Uber or a Lyft off of your phone. Okay. Somebody shows up, someone's driving the car. Got it. Yeah. When you order a driverless Waymo car. Yeah. They a car comes 
and there's is there no one in it whatsoever, no, or is there is. someone in the front just watching to make sure things are okay? Yeah, there. Because I got to tell you, I, that's weird to me. But I, uh, that's what we should be doing. Let's do that. That's great technology. Let's get. Re- let's stop putting in money in the light rail. Yeah, they've been testing them with human safety operators behind the wheel. They've okay. been doing that in the. They've been doing Chandler and other places. They've been. This has been going on since like 2017. So yeah. we're, we're five years into this. Thing. They've been. They've been but, trying this for like five years. Right. Just. Testing, 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 but now it's a go. Yeah, now they've they've pulled his Waymo, by the way, not not Uber or Lyft, but they've pulled the human safety operator from behind the wheel. Wow. They've officially launched the robo taxi service in Phoenix in the suburbs. Okay, and now they're bringing it to downtown Phoenix also, which I guess is a little bit more complicated. They have it in San Francisco. They're ramping up there. They have seven hundred vehicles in the fleet. Uh, the fleet includes Jaguar, uh, I Pace EVs, Chrysler Pacifica hybrids, and are, are these they, electric cars? The, uh, so, yeah. Yes, they're hybrid or electric cars. Oh. And I got to tell you, I mean, I don't know if you've gotten in an Uber or a Lyft lately, Gatos. Uber. But, but we, um, the ones I've seen have been just gross lately. I mean, Uber, when it first started, it was like nicer cars. They were clean. People seemed to have some interest in making sure they were presented well because I think they were really focused on getting good reviews and things. And now I think Uber is so, and Lyft, they're so desperate for drivers. Oh, boy. They're pretty much letting anybody in. We had one over the weekend. We went to a birthday party. We're going to drink a little bit. We're, you know, not going to drive. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy shows up. He's wearing like a, uh, I hate the euphemism, but like a wife beater t-shirt. Okay. And he's driving, his car is filthy dirty. And really? He's got, and he's got like some old towels on the back oh. seat. And you're just like, this is just gross. Did and you get in? Yeah, we had no choice. I mean, but it's, I mean, it's, I, look, I don't know that it was gross, but it was, it, it didn't look, it didn't look attractive. I'll tell you that. No, it was gross. And, you can say it was gross. And I these, mean, w- these way more car, way more cars, when I do see them driving around, they're clean, they're new vehicles. It's, I, I don't know. I, it, it's, it, gosh, this, every Uber I've gotten in, the, the drivers are the nicest people. Yeah. Normally that's the case. I I've know. been getting some, not that the drivers aren't nice, but it's just a little bit of a different well, I thing mean, lately. The cars are just, it used to be an Uber never had damage to the car. Now I, drivers pull up, there's damage to the car. We never used to see that. And if inside you're sitting on a towel, yeah, that towel, doesn't make me feel very good. Towel, no good. That is no good. I got to tell you. But So the question is, would you get in a car? Yeah. Without a driver. If if in the future Waymo or an Uber pulls up, no driver, it's a car set up for that, obviously, would you get in the car? I got to tell you, like, if you're getting on the highway, maybe not. Really? I don't know. You know, they, they say with, with the technology's good enough, that's yeah. what you're betting on, it's going to be better than... Car than drivers because no. drivers make human error. Right, right. I mean, right. I'm, I'm I consider myself a pretty a pretty good driver, and I'm a pain in the butt as a passenger because I hold everybody to a high standard because <laughs> I see the mistakes everybody's making. If you're a perfect, you know, dr- driverless car, it's probably going to be safer. But it's weird. It is weird. It's a weird feeling. Uh, I probably do it. Yeah, I probably do it, and we're all going to be doing it because as soon as we there. start getting used to the idea, yeah. We're all going to do it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We're all going to do it. These guys are going to love it. They don't need to pay the drivers anymore. Wow. They just get the cars themselves and off they Who go. Who do I tip? Who am I supposed to tip? Do you I tip, li- you tip me. <laughs> <laughs> do I throw like a dollar in the front seat? <laughs> no, I don't know no, what to do. Nobody would tip. Look at that. We're saving money as it goes. Fantastic. Phenomenal. All right. All right. We got the 5 o'clock KTAR News Expansion. It's coming up with Becky Lynn. So stick around for that. The Gatos and Chad Show.